Well, what a great way to cap a very exciting week for the Chargers organization here with General Manager Tom Telesco. And Tom, my first question to you was going to be, why did the Chargers select Brandon Staley to be the next head coach? But then I saw the presser and I kind of figured it out. <laughs> what impressed you most about him? I guess that's probably the first question. Through this interview process and just why he's here today. It's funny, your reaction was very similar to my, uh, to my wife because when I got home last night, she was like, yeah, I can see why you hired him. Yeah. You know, he came off very well yesterday. Um, well, I think what you saw yesterday, what everybody saw is just a very high level of maturity, which I think in this league, you know, if you're going to coach at that age, and, and look, the, the head coach's age, they're skewing younger. I mean, you can see it all the way across the league, even this year with Arthur Smith and, and some different coaches last year, Kevin Stefanski and Nick Sirianni. Um, you have to be a really high level of maturity to be able to do that because you're, you're working with sometimes assistant coaches that are older than you. You got players that, you know, need that uh, you have to get the respect of. Um, but uh, now he's, he's sharp. He's smart. Um, he's got a good feel for where football is going long term in the end of the future. And he just had a great vision for what he wants to do here. Not only what we currently have, how it fits what he wants to do, but then how we're going to build this moving forward as we you know continue to add players through you know, free agency trades, uh, the draft, obviously, and how we're going to build this. And um, this is a great vision for it, but not only the vision, but it can really tell us, hey, this is specifically how I want to do this. So um, I will say we've talked to a lot of coaches and it was it was really good group, um, really good group, which and it was nice this year. You know, I know getting face to face like me and you doing this, it'd be, it'd be better. Yeah. Not doing it all on Zoom. And all the head coaches interviews, at least the first round of it, were all by Zoom. But it did allow us to spend more time with more coaches um, and learn a lot. I learned a lot about coaches that are, that are out there. I learned a lot about our team and what people think of our team from the outside looking in. Um, so it was a really good process. Really excited to, to uh, hire Brandon. Yeah, and, and it's not an easy process because you mentioned it, there, there's so many good coaches. And when I look at Brandon Staley, four years in the NFL, it's hard to get into this league, for one. But to have that rise that, that Brandon has had over the last four years, you've been in this business a long time. How rare is that for, for a guy to, to get into the league and, and really just make an impact right off the beginning? And, and I think at least what I see from the outside looking in is just his ability to, to communicate and, and relate to the players. That seems to be kind of priority A there. Yes, it is. And uh you know, he's not light on football experience, but obviously a little bit light on the NFL side. Um, but it, it's funny how, how things work. And I mentioned this yesterday in the press conference, so I, I hate to repeat it for the people that watched the press conference, but um, it, it meant a lot. So last week, Tony Dungy had called and just to check in, see how, how we were doing with the whole head coaching process. He wasn't like pushing names, but just like just checking in. And um, he just talked, started talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and you know, they're probably the best team in professional sports as far as hiring head coaches. Hiring a head coach is so hard to do. There's no blueprint for it. It's the most important hire of the whole organization. And in 50 years, the Steelers have had three head coaches, Chuck Noll, Bill Power, and Mike Tomlin. And they're all, all hired in their 30s. And when he said that, my first thought was, you know, I asked him, I said, well, what did you see in Mike Tomlin? Tomlin, because Tony had him with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a position coach. I said, what did you see in Mike Tomlin that thought, you know, when did you know he could be a head coach? And because um, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, Coach Tomlin was an offensive player in college. He was a college coach, a young college coach. And then the Buccaneers hired him at a very young age to handle the, the DBs. 
and he was a one-year coordinator and then hired by the Steelers at 35 years old. And uh, he told me, he said, about six weeks in, he said, I knew he could do this because how he handled his defensive backs room and how he connected with his players. And that point, like he had some really big time players in that room. He had John Lynch, he had Rondé Barber. I mean, two of the best at their positions yeah. since I've been doing this in my era. Um, Dexter Jackson, who was a really good player. Brian Kelly, very good cover two corner. So, and he, and he really had a presence with those guys and connected with them. And coach Dungy said, you know, I knew after six weeks, he was going to go far. Um, so I'm going through my mind and believe me, I'm not, I'm not comparing Brandon to Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's going to be in the hall of fame. Absolutely. But it, was, it was interesting to hear as we're going through our process. I'm like, you know, some of these traits that we're seeing with Brandon, it's some of the same traits that Tony saw with Mike Tomlin. So I know one thing, that's not a bad thing. Okay, that, that's a good thing that they were seeing some of the same things. So, um, Give me a little more confidence as far as where we were headed. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to, to build this and build it with someone like Brandon. And uh, like I said, he's been working hard at this since, since Sunday night. You know, the, I, I, I think about that Tampa Bay DBs room, a lot of big personalities, Hall of Fame type players with John Lynch. Um, and for Brandon to be able to coach guys like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Khalil Mack and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and, and have – that real deep connection with those guys. There's something to be said about that. A couple of things that, that stood out to me from the presser right from the beginning is just how much family means to them. And, and I loved uh, when uh, John Spanos at the beginning of the presser uh, was talking about his coaching tree and said he comes from the, the Bruce and Linda uh, Staley uh, coaching tree. I thought that was really cool. And his earnestness to connect with both present players and players from the past, really trying to make that connection. Uh, I, I think family, it, it really is football's family too. And you can tell that coach Staley is trying to make that impact right away, uh, connecting with players, both present and past. Yeah. He's walking the walk on that. And, and he believes big on family and the synergy of the family, of the players and the staff. Um, I've said many times before, we spend so much time with each other in this business that you need that synergy, you need that accountability for each other. And that, 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 you know, I've got your back, you've got mine. And that's kind of that family atmosphere. And, and he preaches that and he walks it. And, you know, usually when a head coach comes in everywhere, the first thing you're doing is you're working so fast to put your staff together. Um, but he has taken out time um, to call as many players as he can. And he's, and he's probably hasn't got everybody yet, but he's getting pretty close. I mean, our roster is over 50 players at this point trying to reach out to each and every one of them. Um, and then, like he says, even past players, trying to reach out to them too and knowing that they're still, they're still part of this. But part of um, connecting with the players is you have to have an individual message for every player on your football team. Um, and then collectively that team will come together. He's starting that right off the bat. I think that's great to see. Um, and he just loves being around the players. He wants to be out. He's Like most football coaches, like just get me on the grass, get me out there with the guys, get me in the meeting rooms with the players. Obviously, a dead period right now. We can't do much with them, but we can still call and reach out and say hello. But um, he's been working really hard at that. That's what's cool, too, is that, you know, he won the press conference. We know that. But but he's all about winning on the football field, and, and he's trying to get to that point as soon as possible. Uh, another thing that he mentioned, and you mentioned Tony Dungy. I thought this was really cool. He, he named, I think it was like six defensive-minded coaches, from, from Tony Dungy to Bill Belichick to uh, Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll. And, and one of the things that these guys had in common, they were all Super Bowl winners, but they were defensive-minded coaches who coached young quarterbacks. 
And you had a front row seat to that with Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, it, we, we talk about parallels, you know, it, of course, Brandon Staley is not Mike Tomlin yet, but did you see that is, is something that could be a potential, uh, a Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert connection, similar to those of the past? Well, uh, we certainly weren't scared about hiring a coach that did not have an offensive background uh, coming up through the coaching ranks. Um, like you gave a number of examples there. We saw Sean McDermott last week and John Harbaugh. And there, there's, there's plenty of coaches that did not come up on the offensive side of the ball um, that have had young quarterbacks that fared very well. So that way we, we were very comfortable having um, a very wide net to see who's the best football coach for here. Um, doesn't matter what side of the ball. Um, cause we've seen that. So, but I do think, and it's, it's, uh, it is important with Brandon. Cause I think just being a quarterback in college, just seeing it from that side of the, of the football, all those meetings he went to at Dayton, um, all those installation meetings as a quarterback. And like he said, you know, when you're quarterback, you have to know what everybody on your side of the ball is doing and everything on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's the most unique position in professional sports. And, uh, not only that, but just this being a leader, there, there's nothing better than being in a huddle as a quarterback and all 10, uh, all 10 sets of eyes are looking at you for the play. Um, I was a quarterback briefly in high school until I got moved to wide receiver. And that's what I missed the most was just being in the huddle and everybody's looking at you to say, okay, what's next? I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So that's why it's not a surprise. You see like, you know, John Gruden is a, was a quarterback in college. Um, there, there's a lot of them that they're used to that leadership position. And I think Brandon, you know, as a high school and then college, um, you know, it's kind of a natural leader. It's a natural form. I talked to Sam Acho uh, from the Bears, former linebacker, and he said, because Brandon Staley is not a defensive coach. He goes, he's, a, he's an offensive-minded coach. Uh, he taught us through the, the eyes of a quarterback how to play linebacker. He goes, so it's, he goes, I think it's hilarious that everyone says, oh, you, you guys brought on a defensive-minded coach. He goes, this guy's an offensive-minded coach. And, and some of the guys in the linebacker's room was like, who's this guy? He's, he's a quarterback. And then they got to, to know his coaching style, and they all swore by him. So I, I just I find that funny that, you know, from the outside, you, you say, okay, this guy's been on the defensive side of the ball, but he's a football coach. And, I, and we certainly saw that in, in the presser. Yeah, those are just just labels. I just, I just don't believe in labels like that. Yeah. He's a football coach, and that's the way all the head coaches are in our league. They they can all see it from both sides. You know, if, if you can't see it from both sides, you probably won't be a successful head coach for very long. But that's what our league's made up of. There's plenty of coaches that can see it from both sides of the ball. Defensively, too, uh, you know, Dar Darwin James and Joey Bosa, uh, we we know their talents. I'm I'm looking at Kenneth Murray in year two, and Drew Tranquil coming back from injury. How do you think Brandon Staley is going to be able to develop those guys, uh, knowing that this has been kind of his expertise at, at the pro level? And then in addition to that, you saw Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey putting those guys in the best position to be successful. Um, your excitement level to see kind of how this defense shakes out under Brandon. Yeah, it's going to develop into the Chargers defense. And, and, and one of the big jobs that Brandon has and his defensive staff between now and as we work in the February, March, and April is getting a better feel for what we actually have um, because he's going to craft the defense into what the personnel we have. And then from there, we're going to continue to build with that. But, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same as the Rams defense. It won't be exactly the same as what the Broncos do. Um, you always have your own spin on it. Um, but he really, you know, when he says he's a, a multiple front and multiple coverage coach, it, it really is. You you watch the Rams. I mean, 
three-man front, four-man front, five-man front, um, all different coverages, one, two, three, four, and, and more after that, and, and he mixes them all in. So it does give offenses uh, – they really can't hone in exactly what's coming. I think that's yeah. big in this league nowadays. And I think it's good for the players to, you know, week to week, it's a little something new. And and he keeps it simple. Like, it's not complicated. He's just trying to find one-on-ones for everybody. And then that's, and then at that point, it's up to the player to win his one-on-ones, right? Yep. And so that's, it's not hard. Um, and if somebody's not winning their one-on-ones, then another guy will come in, and, 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 and then now he's got a chance at it. So we try and – he's going to try and put guys in the right spots uh, to be successful. And uh, – uh, it's exciting. I, I can't wait to get moving. I can't wait to get the whole staff together so we can start talking about this more because, um, you know, it's going to be a, an adjustment to change, but, you know, this is why we're making this move. We're going to make some changes and uh, it'll be exciting. You know, a year ago, I was just telling you before this interview, we sat down in person down in Mobile to, to talk before the Senior Bowl. Obviously, the Senior Bowl is going to look a little bit different this year. No combine in Indianapolis. Um, what are these next several weeks going to look like for for you and your staff as you guys start to attack the offseason and having to do it in a different way. Obviously, all 32 teams have to adjust, um, but it's just going to be a little bit different from 2020. Yeah, it's going to be a lot different. The the Senior Bowl is next week. We'll still have some scouts there. The game will be a little bit different, I think. Um, I guess it remains to be seen. But after that, yeah, there will be no combine this year. So the offseason is going to be a lot different. Can be different for us too because we have new coaching staff. So so it, that that takes on or even bigger, bigger amount of work. Um, you know we don't know what the cap number is going to be yet. Um, so yeah, this is this is a big off season. Uh, our scouts. I mean we've been preparing for the fact that this off season is going to be different, especially from a college scouting standpoint. Um, we need to get all the information we usually get. Just got to do it a different way, and they've already been working on that. Um, there aren't as many all star games this year as there have been. Um, obviously the combine is not going to be anywhere near what it used to be. It's really just going to be medical. Um, but I'm confident in our guys, if you can't adapt and be flexible, and we learned that through COVID, if you yep. can't adapt to be flexible, you have no chance in this league. So that's, and it, it's going to go on through this off season. If we can't adapt to this, everyone will pass us by. Um, so that that's not going to happen. We won't let that happen. So um, I'm actually, you know, a small part of me, it's, it's, it's exciting that it's a different challenge of how we're going to handle this draft. Yeah. You know, last year was different, but it was exactly the same process last year until after the combine. Then it changed a lot. This year it's, it's different from day one. You know, it was different in the fall. There weren't as many college games. A lot of college players opted out, so they didn't play. Um, our scouts were not able to travel school to school. So it was different, um, but it's a challenge, you know, it's, it's a different format, but we want to be better than everybody else and, and, and have the chance to show that. And Tom, there's nothing you can compare it to, right? I mean, there's never been an offseason like this. No, I mean, it's the first year ever that uh, that cap has ever gone down before. I mean, we had never budgeted, nor has any other team ever budgeted for a cap decreasing. One year has stayed flat. Um, but, you know, everybody's contracts, they go up a percentage each year, and that's usually how you negotiate them is how everybody does them. And because the cap never – cap always goes up a percentage each year. So – yeah, that's going to be completely different. Free agency could be different. The draft could be different. Um, so the team building may, may be different. And then, you know, throw that in with the new coaching staff, uh, you know, be a challenge. But I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's exciting. And I think everybody, fans are fans are jacked up for 2021 and just to see kind of this process play out. Tom, final thing for you. Listen, a two or three minute answer to this doesn't do it justice. But Philip Rivers announced his retirement. Uh, 
you know, perhaps the greatest player in franchise history, one of them, um, you know, just your overall thoughts on what Philip has meant to the organization. Uh, it's probably a laundry list of things you can mention, uh, but number 17 is pretty special. I'm just so grateful for the seven years I had with him here. Um, and I can tell you, I never took his play for granted, not only his play, but how he represented this organization. Um, as a general manager, I mean, head coach and quarterback, you have to have those as part of it. And, and to have Phillip and to know, I mean, again, I never took for granted, like he would get, you know, banged up week after week. And you know, he would lay down the line for you every single week and be productive and play at a high level and how talented he was. And then how he represented all of us, how he represented the, the lightning bolt in the community. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's just special. And uh, I just think it's really, it's really cool that, you know, a player like him that he's going to walk away on his own terms and he already has a plan for, for post-playing career, um, which is difficult for a lot of guys. I mean, these guys have been playing at a high level, high school football, college football, professional football. That's, that's all they know. But Philip, there's so much more than that. And the game of football is really lucky that he's going to stay in the game of football. Oh yeah. And I can't imagine being, you know, an eighth grader somewhere in, in, in Southern Alabama that figured Philip Rivers is coaching at that high school. I'm going there. Like they're going to be driving from all over that state to line up and play at that high school. So, um, but I, it's so great. I'm so glad he's staying in football, all that wisdom and knowledge. I mean, we had some great conversations. It's about the game of football. Um, he's going to be a great coach and uh, really happy for him that, that he knows exactly what he's going to do when he's done playing and he's going to do it at a high, high level, just like he's done everything else in his career. Could you imagine a mic'd up Phillip Rivers as a head coach each week? How, how, how much gold that is? <laughs> you guys have a project to do. We can, listen, I'll, I'll take the trip down to Alabama, man. That, that's worth the price of admission. <laughs> I've been to Fairhope a couple of times. It's beautiful. So I'd, I'd send some people down there. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go down there. Let's do it. Let's do it. We uh, uh, maybe next year, 2022, when uh, we can get down to Alabama for the Senior Bowl, pop over there and and check in on Philip. Oh, Tom, yeah. I always appreciate your time. This is uh, this is always fun. Uh, we're really excited for this off season, and and I'm sure we'll catch up at some point during uh, pro days and in the draft as as this team starts to take the image of Brandon Staley. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on.